Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by my co-host Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. I finally stumble an intro after how long it's been a while since I've done that, but we're back recording an episode a little later today. How are you, Corey? I'm doing good. Uh, apologize for uh, a day late episode. If you can kind of hear it in the audio, I'm in a desolate, empty room of my old uh, apartment where my computer is still at right now because I got to wait for... Um, the Wi-Fi to get set up at the other house. So we were having a little bit of restricting time slots uh, yesterday to record. So we're just here a day later, but the uh, content's still here. <laughs> yeah, no, we're back. Um, took a, what? I think we took, I'm trying to think, how many days in between the Since game we talked? Saturday? No, it was Saturday. Uh, the Habs have taken a big break here, sorry. Yeah trying to think and speak at the same time um yeah the montreal canadians haven't played a lot of games the last few days it's been a easy kind of break for them they absolutely slaughtered the nashville predators but we were speaking before as we always do because instead of just hitting record like i think we should we just start talking and talking and talking before we record <laughs> these episodes um i was a little I guess you could say some of the joy was taken out of that Habs win because holy shit, did Nashville almost come back. Although I got to say that was with the help of the officials, but it was a pretty good game overall for the Habs. I thought they played pretty well. Um, it, like I said, it is a shame they ruined Montembeau's shutout, but I really do put a lot of that blame on the officials. They were, it looked like they had money on the line for a Nashville comeback. It was kind of brutal. There. <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, granted, the team was making some slip-ups towards the SN. It, it felt like they were getting comfortable with the lead, which is what they always tell you not to do because um, any anybody can take that momentum from you. But 
thank God we were able to to sustain it. I remember one of the last tweets I had. Who were we playing? Was it the Rangers? We were up, and then we let the game slip away from us. Um, I was getting really afraid. At, you know, at the second half of the third period that it was it was about to happen again. Um, but a really great game for a lot of guys who really needed it, like our Jerry Lekkinen. We've clowned on him for a couple of weeks now about not being able to hit the fucking – just even hit the net uh, or the goalpost. But uh, starts the game off right, man. Nice goal. Um, I mean, it was just a solid effort from everybody. I think the – to me, the most important thing that happened in that game was Josh Anderson's amazing pass for the second goal uh, for Christian Dvorak. I've never seen Josh Anderson look that good. <laughs> uh, being, being you know, uh, passing the puck. But, I mean, obviously, I think, I think it's true that Ryan Paling is the winner. You know, he should have the, the first star of that game. I don't remember if he did, but uh, – that's what Ryan Paling does. That's what we expect Ryan Paling to do. Gets two goals back to back. I think it's like thirty-seven seconds apart. Fastest goal since how long by a Habs player? I think they said Guam Leighton Dress or something. Jesus, I can't remember the last time he laced them up for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, just all in all, just a really successful game offensively for the Canadians. Um, there was a lot. There was some blunders, but um, it was so refreshing to like see Ryan Paling like cuz he played good the game before that and it just you he's know kind of good since he's come up. Yeah, and but that first game you remember you had asked how we felt about it and I said he I felt like he really didn't get a chance like nothing was really working to where he could get a shot at doing something and I'm happy that two games later Ryan Paling fucking does Ryan Paling. No, for sure. I've loved seeing him score goals. I think that's it's great for the Habs. It's great for him. And they were nice goals. That second one especially. Great pass, by the way. I think it was – who was it that fed him? That was a Weidman. Weidman it was uh, Toffoli. Toffoli, Toffoli. Fed, fed him to him. But Weidman was the Weidman's, initial. He Weidman's was the secondary. So. Phenomenal. Yes, he All is. year, by the way. We'll get into talking about him. But to absolutely clap that, like the second – he almost like one time did out of the air. Mm-hmm. It was a phenomenal shot, and the first one was a snipe, too. You just love to see it from Ryan Paling. I think it's awesome to see him progress. Um, but like you said, offensively, the Habs definitely clicked that game, and that's what Montreal needs to do to score goals. If Montreal can lose games scoring goals the way they did last night, I'll be happy all year. But I do think, you know, I did allude to earlier, the refs definitely played a part in that, what do you want to say, almost comeback by the Nashville Predators, but holy crap, this defense. Like, something, something needs to change. And it starts by, I honestly believe, playing Chris Weidman more. Yeah, <laughs> he, no, I can, he's I can so say good. That. He's so good. And I don't really care what the advanced analytics have to say. I don't know what they have to say about his defensive um, side of the puck when he's on the ice the Habs aren't hemmed in in their zone they just aren't and what I've noticed from our young guys lately Romanov Kulak who I consider a younger defenseman he's like 25 now um, I'll say the core four you've got Romanov Kulak Weidman and Norlander 
they get breakout passes and they get them out quickly and efficiently. And I love the way they play. And I just think if Montreal, you know, not only for Montreal's progression, but it seems to me like Ducharme still thinks he can win games. Play those guys as much as you possibly can. Because I have loved what I've seen from them the last few games collectively, the four of them. I think they've played phenomenally. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, also, we haven't talked about Norlander yet. That's another great addition to this team. Uh, that victory against the Predators that we're talking about is, this, I believe, his second game in. Um, don't really know if he's kind of like we said about um, about Ryan Paling. Not sure if he's really gotten a chance to to show too much yet. But nonetheless, excited to have him on this team. I think he's shown a lot, though. That's that's fair. Uh, what my well, I was going into asking you, how do you feel about his play so far? Well, I don't think we didn't get to talk about the game against Pittsburgh, did we? Yeah, no, because we just we had too much fun with uh, Mad Drake. Shout, Mad Drake. Yeah, so that game against Pittsburgh was like devastating devastating (laughs) i guess you could say it was horrible i thought i thought norlander played amazingly um there was one sequence where he took the puck from the blue line and i wouldn't say he deked crosby but he went around crosby went into this middle of the ice and had a great three-on-two scoring chance and just little things that i've noticed um how many games has he played now two or three I believe it's two. I'm going to check the previous one. I think but. it's two, but when he's in the corner um, playing in his own zone, like playing against the forecheck, the, his ability to get the puck, even when he's pinned against the boards, get a breakout pass or move the puck quickly or know when to jump into the rush. Because what I've noticed about Norlander, and I think it probably gives Ducharme nightmares, he always rushes into the uh, – he always joins the rush. Mm-hmm. And it looks like I remember thinking, it's so refreshing. Like, My God. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like he's not gonna get back in time. Uh-huh. But he always does. does. And I don't think he's that quick. I think he's just very cerebral, very intelligent, like mm-hmm. a very smart hockey player. Like if he didn't, if he didn't sense that he needed to get back into his, you know, respective zone at that moment, he would have got burned out every time and it would have left. Ah, uh, fuck. Who is he? Who is he paired with? Savard. Either way, it would have it would have left. Yeah, Savard stuck, you know, by himself trying to take down whatever and was coming. What I love about him so far too is that it's not necessarily skating to the blue paint, you know, joining the rush, like getting right in there every time. But he's there, mm-hmm. whether he's in the blue paint, right, right in the rush, or he's at the dash marks. What I think kills a lot of the Canadians' rushes is that they'll win the four check, they'll get the puck out, and the defensemen are sitting at the blue line. The forwards get it out, dump it down the ice. <laughs> With Norlander there, it's not going to happen. Not when you move up. And Romanov's done it lately. Kulak has always been exceptional at it. And can like let's I let's do you want to dedicate some time to Chris Weidman because I. Yeah, I, I don't see a flaw in his game right now. I really don't. He's a little small. I don't think he's he's not a number one, number two defenseman, but he is 
really impressed me. Of of all the people we've brought in this season, he's been the saving grace. <laughs> he's impressed me the most of all those additions. And I don't think anyone would have said that um, to start the season. I no, I don't I think so either. I think I think a lot of people expected him to be selfish, you know, but uh, is playing the best on our team, truthfully, defensive-wise especially. But um, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we're not winning games a lot, but, you know, Chris Wyman is like our only chance at even putting a point up most nights. Um, and it's it, it's it's unreal to think that he got sat for what what was that like two games? Yeah, it's you know he's missed actually no he's missed five games. Oh my god, which is just a travesty if you ask me. Um, <laughs> and, and yet they're they're still coaching. They're still the GM. Fucking yeah, no, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's definitely a decision, and uh, I think we bitched about it a lot, but. No, I would definitely say Chris Weidman has impressed me the most of all our acquisitions this year. Um, I just think he's a phenomenal player. And honestly, I like part of me really hopes he's with this team to come, but I kind of hope he gets to move on and gets dealt at the deadline and we get a good, a good pickup for him or something, because I think he's a really good hockey player. And I think he deserves to have those skills utilized. Mm-hmm. Which is not going to happen here unless we. It's just not make some significant changes. No, and he, what he did in the KHL, like KHL defenseman of the year last year, that's that's pretty goddamn impressive, and we can see why the guy's got eight points in fifteen games. He's not winning the Norris, but I think you know that's pretty exceptional for a guy who was signed to a well what's he signed to like a minimum a minimum contract this year i'll look it up but i believe so yeah he just took something small just to get back in yeah but the guy had 41 points in 59 games in khl last year um we can see why 32 assists understandably so like the guy lays the puck out does his job well on the power play he knows how to play hockey um and yeah he he's took the lead minimal seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar <laughs> contract this season like that is an absolute steal why do charm continues to bench him and not utilize him as well and not play him as much as he deserves i don't think anyone on this green earth except mark mark bergevin could tell you why <laughs> But it continues to happen and it continues to frustrate me. And on to the topic of Mark Bergevin. Um, just want to acknowledge quickly that Bergevin, uh, while we do, and I think we are going to go on to criticize him more this episode, we do acknowledge that he is a person and we wish him the best in his road to recovery with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, I think reports say he's fine, like he's not doing too horribly so we wish him the best in that regard and i just want to put that out there because i can sense that we're both we both have some things to say um with the news coming out about Corey, i'm not sure if you saw this but his comments on jordan harris and the direction of this team but yes we do wish him the best in recovery yeah absolutely i don't just because i want him out doesn't mean i want him like out of a life. <laughs> I just want him out of the job here. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. So on that note, um, did you see the comments he made about Jordan Harris? No, I have not. And <laughs> now I'm a little unsettled, I guess. <laughs> well, you should be. Because as everyone on this podcast and this fan base knows, or if you maybe you aren't aware, sorry, I know Jordan, NCAA hockey is not a big topic in Canada, at least. But Jordan Harris is a pretty big name prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. We talked about signing him last year when he came out um, off of his third season at, um, I'm forgetting where he's at. I'm drawing a blank right now. Let me just quickly. Is this is this the is this the kid that we were talking about last episode with Matt or the previous one before that where there's a you know we were talking about there's a chance he doesn't even want to sign here. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Harris plays for Northeastern. <clears throat> he could have signed last year, but he was named captain, and he wanted to go back get his education. His Finish decision, it. and there's nothing wrong with that. So. No, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong. I think it's a very educated, a very smart decision to want to finish your education, right? Because you know what, hockey, he picked a great year to, to choose that as well. Because this would have been a terrible <laughs> year for him to come in. Yeah, he had 19 points in 19 games last year. He's a left shot defenseman, 10 points in 14 games this year. He's a guy Montreal really desperately wants. They need. He's a young defenseman. He's a very, very hyped prospect. And he's a third-round draft pick who looks like he's going to pay off in a big way. So for those of you who don't understand the NCAA rules and the rules of draft eligibility, draft rights, et cetera, if a player does his four years at NCAA, Um, at the NCAA level, he has the opportunity to become a free agent and sign with any team on July 1st when free agency begins, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, I could be mistaken. It could be coming out right out of of college he has that opportunity. But I think, and I'm almost certain, that Montreal will have that time to negotiate a deal with him until July 1st, the day free agency opens, or June 1st. Is it June or July? Might be June. June 1st, whatever. Well, it's been a topic of conversation for the past year. Is he going to sign here? And this season's results are kind of concerning because you look at who Montreal has on the blue line. It's a little bit crowded, and you look at what they're doing in this, their place in the standings. And obviously, it's not the, the most ideal landing spot for a young player. Well, Mark Bergevin came out today to address what is going on with this stud defender. And his comments were a little concerning to say the least. Um, It's translated from French. So I apologize if there's some confusion here. I don't speak French. I've had to translate it on uh, Google, but Essentially, Mark Bergevin said, if Jordan Harris wants to sign with Boston, he'll sign with Boston. If he wants to sign with New York, he'll sign with New York. It's not really in my hands anymore. And like he literally said, there's not much we can do about that. You are the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. 
you are the only person who can do anything about that. So to hear him kind of already resign to the fact that Jordan Harris is going to go where Jordan Harris wants to go. You're not, not so- only <laughs> continue, please. Jesus. That's, well, that's so stupid. <laughs> not only does that piss me off. It tells me that, you know what? I'm not going to sign here next year. I'm not going to put in the effort to court this young prospect who could change the future of my fucking franchise because eh, he'll go where he wants to go. Are you fucking kidding me, Mark Bergevin? Are you a joke? Is this fan base a joke for you? Is this job a joke? No, I'm Jordan Harris. That's fucking unreal. (laughs) If I'm Jordan Harris and I hear the GM of the team that drafted me say that, it's not giving me any faith of wanting to go back as I'm watching this team crumble. How wanted do you think Jordan Harris feels after that? It's it's fucked up. I don't mean to cut you off, but every GM after this is going to like pitch the cookie cutter, you know, white picket fence. Like, yeah, you come over here. We we appreciate the boys. If teams teams like the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers didn't think they had a shot before, they do fucking now, don't they, Mark Bergevin? Yeah, he's talking like he's not even here anymore, which hopefully we find out in like a couple of days that it happened. You know, like, hey, man, we're glad you're better, but you and well, you know what? You if you're stay Jeff at home, Molson, <laughs> if you're Jeff fucking Molson, that would have been the last sit, straw. How can you sit in your fucking mansion and listen to the guy that you hired to make those decisions, to pursue those contracts, to Try and sign and bring in young players to make your hockey team successful. How can you sit here and listen to him say shit like that? Dude, that's unreal. I uh, easily, that would have been enough for me. It's just fucking absurd. And I mean, truthfully, even if we do, even if we do move on from him, and that's like one of the last, you know, stones that he throws that finally gets him out then the poor gm that has to come after him has to do a damn good job on on jordan harris to to, hey look you know uh, there's new management here you know this is not the views you know of of the new era you know this 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 next part in the in the canadian's journey you know uh it's so frustrating uh what a clown dude i'm i'm kind of happy i didn't Read that so you're getting like more of a live, confused. Why would a millionaire say that about a future player? You know, why don't you have inked that? Yeah, like <laughs> he could easily unink himself from this fucking team and take his talented ass somewhere else. Jesus. If any, if GMs in this league are intelligent which I believe most of them develop have at least eyes, okay? And even if they don't, they'll have scouting departments. I'm sure every organization in this league could see the value of Jordan Harris. Now, I'm not saying Jordan Harris is Kale McCarr, a Bowen Byram. I'm not even saying he's a Sam Gerrard. I picked all Avs guys there, but you get my point. He's not a Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, sorry, talking about that. Thing. Look how dangerous that ass defense is going to be in a few yeah, years. <laughs> but my point being, there is no risk in signing that guy. 
Not at all. Because at the end of the day, he gets a $950,000. Yep. So if he doesn't work out, if I'm any other GM, I didn't spend a draft pick on him. I spent nothing. Exactly. If he doesn't work out, I don't care. But I guarantee you, 32 NHL teams are interested in him. Because why wouldn't or why wouldn't they be? But let me rephrase that. If I'm Jordan Harris right now, I'm thinking that 31 NHL teams are interested in me because it doesn't look like Mark Bergevin gives a rat's ass. Mm-hmm. And if 31 other teams are interested in me, even if I think Montreal is a great city, a great organization, you know what? They're still not top anymore. You know, well, Tampa, Tampa Bay is a great organization. <laughs> the Rangers have something going on there. Adam Fox, wow, playing with him would be cool. You know, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of places he could end up. And for Mark Bergevin to ostracize him like this is pitiful. It's just disgusting. I'm sorry, but I don't I don't know how old Mark Bergevin is, but like to punch down on a let's just say 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, 20, whatever the fuck he is now. Uh dude, that's that's fucking stupid. Like I could say worse words, you know, well, but that's it's like sorry. There's a lot of hubris in this man that is hopefully not here much longer. Um, it's just a pathetic, weaselly fucking thing to say for someone who's talking about a kid who hasn't even had a shot yet, and you're just some old fucking bum who's you know really lost his you know lost all respect from everyone around him. Well, it's as like far no as the fans, no shit. He's gonna go where he wants to go. It's your job to make him want to go to Montreal. Like, I don't think I'm at all wrong in saying that. It's your job to make Montreal desirable. That is your fucking, like, that is a main part of your job. If I'm Jordan Harris, I'm watching this season for Montreal that much close, that much more closely now. And the only thing that's going to change my mind is if he's gone. I'm, if I'm maybe, maybe Ducharme, you know what I'm saying? But like, I don't think. Deshaun hasn't said this about him, but Deshaun's not putting the team in, in any better way. So, I mean, truthfully, watching an Harris would be better with Claude Julian as as his fucking coach. At least he'd be a defensive-minded, you know, coach. But I would watch this so much harder now. Because, um, I mean, look at look at Cole Caulfield. We haven't talked about him yet, but, you know, he, he got called back up two games ago. Um, but look at how they're treating Cole Caulfield, who could easily be the future of this fucking franchise alongside Nick Suzuki. Um, you can look at Ryan Paling as, as an old older guy trying to finally make his chance on this fucking team after being overlooked constantly. Um, my eyes are just watching them closely. But then again, you could be Jordan Harrison. Just, you know, fuck it. I fuck this team, you know. Any, any other team <clears> – <throat> that gives me the respect and doesn't talk down to me while I'm a young kid in college is going to be way better than this team that's crumbling around themselves because they refuse to get rid of garbage. Well, we're watching an organization implode on itself. <laughs> like it's 
truly depressing. It's not a it's not a great thing to witness watching something you love implode upon itself the way we are. But I've just become resigned to the fact that that's what this season is going to be. If Mark Bergevin isn't moved, if Dominic Ducharme is still the coach of this team, because I've said it before, but look at Suzuki hasn't slowed down considerably the last few games. Caulfield was doing phenomenal in the AHL. I think he's done good in the NHL, but he hasn't scored yet. I think young guys and players in general succeed in spite of the coaching staff and the management in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I want this organization to be what it once was, what I have never seen it be. Yeah, we got a taste of it. <laughs> but I want like I want contention again. I want I want to feel that every season, no matter from you know, no matter how we are at the end of the season, that that's not it for us. You know, there's still movement going forward. I'm tired of being a laughing stock though. And I really do believe that this organization is becoming one. Mm-hmm. The lowest success rate in the draft in the last 20 years. Pitiful. The worst special teams in the NHL in 20 years. Like consistently the worst. We've never had, I can't remember a power play that was one of the best in the league. We talked about this before in my entire life with guys like Max Pacioretty, Markov, Subban, Koivu, Kovalev, etc. Camilleri. You, the, the list goes on. Vanek was on this team for a bit. He couldn't get anything done. And to top it all off, we can't even now get our prospects to sign. We're not even going to try. Like this organization preaches about how much pride one should have when wearing the blue blanc et rouge and what that crest means and the history they love they painted another mural today or a few weeks ago sorry yeah it just got unveiled the other day well you know what i'm tired of living in the past because every fucking player that has played for this team understands what it means to put on that jersey all the fans know what it means to be in that building, to wear those colors. The only people that don't understand what it means to be Montreal Canadiens are the management and the coaching staff of this organization. Because to be a Montreal Canadian, to represent the Montreal Canadiens, is to be successful, to have pride to be top class. We are the best fans in the NHL. We have the best goalie in the NHL. We have the best history in the NHL, but we are no longer the best organization in the NHL. And we haven't been for a very, very, very long time. And we will not be the best organization in the national hockey league until Jeff Molson gets off his fucking ass and cleans house and starts from scratch and builds back that pristine reputation 
that Mark Bergevin, that Bob Gainey, that the past few general managers and scouting teams have pissed away over the last three decades. Because this is a deeply rooted organizational problem. And I think at this point, fans like us, fans like our listeners, even casual fans, the city as a whole deserves better than this. And if we cannot convince Jordan Harris to sign in this city, if it, if this organization, if that crest has lost that much of its prestige, there is something very, very wrong. And something that needs to be fixed. Like, I just won't stand for that. If he signs somewhere else come the deadline and Bergevin's still here, that needs to be the final straw. I, I, I can't will see not, much more. I will not <laughs> buy anything Habs-related, merchandise, jerseys. I will not watch them. I will not pay to go see them play if we lose Jordan Harris and Mark Bergevin remains the general manager of this hockey team. I will not Jesus. support failure. I just can't. <laughs> and as much as I love this team, like I think it's clear that I love this hockey team more than the average person. I dedicate how many hours of my life a week to this podcast. I watch every single game. I push off deadlines. I spend hundreds of dollars on merchandise. I'm looking around and I can see four separate Habs items right on my desk. I invest time and energy into this team, but I will not and I cannot support management that is pissing all over that CH and that Blue Blanque Rouge crest. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Well, while Mason regathers himself, we have a word from our sponsors, DraftKings. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com forward slash 
Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mason, that was uh, some heavy words you said right before our little DraftKings ad read, but um, not wrong. You know, I don't think that's too, you know, out of left field. Um, all right, the heritage of this team is really crumbling. And, um, you know, I'll, res- I'll respect your decision. You know, I think there's a lot of people that listen, or maybe not listen to this podcast, but there are a lot of Canadians fans that feel the same way. You know, every person we have on, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to point names, you know, or, but, you know, everyone is saying similar things, you know, something has got to change and it's not really, yeah, we can get better players, yada, yada. But I mean, the number one thing that we can change right now is, is the house. We can, we can just start fresh. And it's something that seems that Molson is too lazy to do or too set in stone. He doesn't want to, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm a bigger person, but he sounds like a fat person who's just not ready to exercise yet. You're watching yourself get bigger. You're watching yourself hurt even more. You're affecting the people around you. And, but you're just, the laziness is still there. That's just taking over and not allowing you to make a change, you know, to do something better for yourself. And I think that's what we're looking at is, is a guy who's rich as fuck, doesn't give a fuck, competent and set in stone in, in what's happening. He's got full confidence in a man that is shitting on the company, is shitting on the product. And I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how we're supposed to feel about that when we're such a, a historical franchise. And we're just watching, you know, a, a fucking D average setup every day. And it's, it, I don't mean just the players, you know, I, it's more of a fucking, you know, boss situation than it is a worker situation. You know, every uh, management is really just walking away from this team and not caring about the significance of what this team means to the NHL in general. And it's tough to watch. You see it. You see it in the games. But you really see it in comments like like what Bergevin just said. That's fucking retarded. Pardon my French. I'm sorry. Pardon, you know, part of my, my speech. I shouldn't have said that. But it's it's terrible. How can you be supposed to be the person that we, we're supposed to lean on and then say something so stupid about Jordan Harris? who has every right to decide where he wants to go. You know, you guys drafted him. I think he would have loved to play for the Canadians, you know. But that's not making it any better for this guy. That's not making his decision any easier to stay here. If anything, it's allowing other teams to come in and steal it, steal his want to play in the NHL for a better team and a better outlook. Because this team looks like it's going downhill and all we can do is hope for positives, but it's it just keeps going further down. It's disgusting. I don't really know what else I can add to what you've said. I think you've hit the hammer on the the nail on the head, sorry. <clears throat> um we can move on. I just wanted to well, I just I was still a bit upset about what he said. 
No, and rightfully so. I just think that, like, the way the organization is headed, the way things are going right now, and we've talked about it, but it doesn't inspire me much confidence. And I, at the start of the year, you know, when we were losing games, I was frustrated. But then I got to this point where I was like, you know what, Shane Wright, Matthew Savoie, a plethora of other young guys, like, this could be worth it. And with win, the win against Nashville, like I said, when that team started to come back against us, and I knew we were going to win anyway, it just defeated me because I just, I keep waiting for that, that one loss that's going to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. there seems to be times in the NHL. You can tell after a loss, someone's going to get fired. (laughs) And every time that happens this season, I wait and I wait and I'm disappointed. I think I think when it finally does happen, any firing, truthfully, people are not even going to be happy about it. They're just going to be like, well, that took entirely too long. Like that is no one's just going to be like, thank God, right off the bat. They're just going to be like, that took way longer than it ever should have. I just know? really don't understand how he's still how anyone in that management is still in power. And I, in a way, I disagree with you because I'm in college and the thing that brings me the most stress in life right now is if Mark Bershevin is going to be drafting for us next year. And it sounds like a joke, but it's genuine. Like, <laughs> it stresses me out to think about who's going to be in charge of this team. So I don't know. I just don't, I don't know if there's anything positive I can say right now because I'm just so entirely defeated, <laughs> even though we beat Nashville. Well, I'll give you something positive. You know, like we're, we're upset. A, a lot of fans are. Uh, granted, we almost let that game slip away from us, but we got to see a lot of talent. Uh, Ryan Paling looks amazing. Um, maybe I didn't pay enough attention to Rolander. He would definitely be – uh, on my sites next game but there is something to look forward to you know despite the crumble around it there are like little glimmers in the rock um joel edmondson is is, is practicing again you know so if people are still holding on to jeff petrie and fantasy hold just a bit longer you know joel edmondson could start this week it should definitely be back next week um it's not going to change the outcome of you know of things I don't think about too much, but some of the things that we're used to are coming back to normal. Yes, we want changes in the front office. Yes, there needs to be a shakeup. Um, but, you know, we just have to do our best to just hope that the process goes well and just continue to support this group. I understand what you said earlier, Mason, and you have every right to feel that way. I think we all feel that way. You just don't have a problem saying it, and I love it. I love it. Um but as fans, we just got to hope that, you know, the owners get off their ass and do what needs to be done because 
we have talented players that can really make a difference and we could build around them. There's no reason we fuck this up and let them go to different teams and, and make it happen somewhere else. You know, carry prices is, is, is on the up and up again. Um, I guess that's it. You know, let's just try to, you know, it, it's hard to stay hopeful. I'm not asking people to do that, but at least as far as like, there, there are glimmers, there are shades of something that we can, you know, we can watch in these games. Uh, hopefully we do get some news though. I'd love for Christmas um, to have new management in house or at least coming in. Um, but if you want to change subjects, you want, you want to try something a little different, maybe get your head off of that Mason. Um, have you seen the leaked New Jersey thirds? The Yeah, they're awful. <laughs> they're hideous. They're hideous. And it, I would have never put the word jersey on the jersey. Never. Because it just looks like you bought like a, a knockoff that just put the font, like font lettering on it. Well, man this is the ass end of the episode and I really don't have much else to say. Um, I'm about to go walk my ass home. Um, cause I don't live that far away from where I used to live. So once we're done this, I'm going to go head on home and figure out what the fuck we're going to eat and get ready for this saints game. I don't want to work, uh, on Thanksgiving on American Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, Mason, if you if you don't have anything else to say, man, why don't you take us out of here? <clears throat> well, um, I apologize for the kind of uh, damper episode. Um, You've been watching too many, like, upsetting animes, I guess. You just... No, I've just been watching <laughs> You're just watching this game. <laughs> just watching this team. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we get better news soon. Um, I'm excited for this game against Washington, uh, the way Ovi's been playing. I just kind of hope I get to see him go off and rooting for him to beat Gretzky's record for the next mm-hmm. two seasons. I'll be on that train. So maybe it'll be hope, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully so. It'll be the Ovi show. It'll be interesting to see regardless. Excited to get back on here and talk about it for our Thursday episode. It's been nice. Nice having you guys here. Thank you once again for stopping by. Without further ado, it's been Habs Nightly. You guys have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.